So if you're looking to elevate your meetings and conversations, give Assist by Bogler a try. It's the intelligent assistant that's here to help you achieve your goals one moment at a time. As the great Ollie G once said, Seriously, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that crazy? Welcome to the AI show from Think Labs. In the whirlwind of AI advancements and innovation, we do the deep dives and all the research, so you don't have to. We Fisher-Price the essential news, updates, interviews, and breakthroughs of the week, providing actionable insight that impacts you, your teams, and your companies. Now, let's get started. Here's your hosts, Sam Stanton and Robbie Sawyer. Well, hello and welcome to episode number eight of the AI show. With me today is nobody. Unfortunately, my partner in crime and good friend Robbie is on vacation in a far, far away land, hopefully having an amazing time. So I am going to wing it today. So bear with me. I don't have anyone keeping me inside the guardrails, but I thought we'd have some fun today and maybe just talk about where we're at one year later and and then perhaps give us a little roadmap of where we can go for 2024. And as always, I'll pull out some fun toys to share and fan demonstrate and, you know, hopefully get you thinking. So we're in a crazy, crazy time right now that quite frankly, we've never seen throughout history. Yes, we've had innovation. Yes, we've had technology happen, but not at the speed in which it's happening. So to make a point of that, I thought I'd first start with this. Okay. So that's either making chills go up your spine or you have no idea what in the world that is, but that my friends is a 56K dial-up modem sound that you might, if you were a nerd like me, started using maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, 1990. That's when dial-up started. That was the first connection to the web. That is when the first search engine came out. That is when the first photo was ever shared on the web. But it wasn't until 91 when we had our first web page and we invented something called an MP3, so no more CD players. That's when the first webcam was made. And it wasn't until 93 that a web browser was created. So now we could go look all over the web. In 95, someone said, hey, we need to make standards here that we should have standard protocols for everybody so we can all connect and talk to each other and not live in little isolated pods, if you will, or verticals. So they made commercial standards. It wasn't until 96 that we officially had webmail. So we're six years into it, still had no webmail. 97, they invented something called Wi-Fi, or if you're in Europe looking for a connection, they call that Wi-Fi. 98 is when the company that started up that had no chance started, that it was crazy. No one would ever use it. It's called Google. And 2000 companies started 
figuring out maybe we should have some sort of presence, even if it's just like, here's where we live, here's where we work, or here's what we do, website. And then we know everything kind of blew up in 2001. 2003 was the birth of social media of scale with MySpace. How many people had a MySpace page? Think about that. Remember, we got on the web in 1990, 2005, another company with no chance. What a crazy idea. Who would ever want to watch video on the internet started YouTube. And in 2007, we got our first and illustrious magic machine. They called the iPhone. Now, this iPhone is more powerful, faster, more knowledgeable, like 1,048,576 times smarter than every computer that NASA had in its complete arsenal to get Apollo 11 up in the sky. This phone. So think about that. The whole reason I share all of that with you is to just look at that was probably one of the biggest innovation and technology advancements in our lifetime was here is the internet. And basically we got on in 1990 and then it was all the way through till about 2007 till we're actually like utilizing it, understanding its benefits and actually putting it to work. So 17 years. Fast, but imagine that. Now let's talk about AI. In November 30, 2022, inadvertently, GPT is released. It's given to a few people to test it out, and it went crazy. It was like a million people in the first five days and a hundred million people in the first three months or something completely nuts like that. That's released. It had the intelligence at that time of a sophomore in high school. So you can ask it to do stuff and just keep it tempered a little bit. It's only going to be as good as a sophomore in high school, but still a mind blow. It did things that we never could even imagine or fathom happening. And then in four months, in March of 2023, first of all, everyone goes back to school after the Christmas break. And they're starting to use it. Businesses are like, oh, that's great. People like us are like, hey, write a marketing pr presentation, write an email, do this. And everyone's just kind of exploring and trying to figure out, wow, what is this and how are we going to use that? In March 2023, GPT-4 comes out. Now, it is now advanced a hundred times, a hundred times better than just four months prior, four months prior. And it is now at the power level and performance of our first year PhD. So I have still yet to get my PhD, but that's a little scary. Think about that in four months. So hopefully you've paid the 20, 30 bucks or whatever it is, and you've tried GPT-4 to see how that works, or you're using Bogler and seeing how that works. But holy cow, what a game changer. The whole point of all this dissertation here is that we don't get, what is it, 17 years to figure this out? It's happening in months. We're getting 10x every three months. Video in AI is moving even faster. They've been through four complete 100x rebuilds in a year. 
So all this tech, all this innovation is moving so quick. We just have to keep our eyes open and understand how can we leverage little bits of this to enhance what we do each and every day, both professionally and, and personally. So there's my little start starter there. Let's take a look back at 2023. As I said, we'll start a little bit earlier in November, the very end of November of 22, GPT is released. It's fun. The nerds jump all over it. And then everyone does because, hey, you can have a song written for you or a poem or maybe write an email or like I got in huge trouble in that I wrote a sentimental, emotional Valentine's card to my wife and sent one to my mother. Now I did sign it, Sam AI, but when I spoke to both of them on Valentine's day, cause I was out of town, they were both completely taken back. My wife had actually printed my email or not the email, but had printed the electronic card that came with it and, and, and said she had replaced it in her, in her purse or whatever, her, her wallet in exchange for what was there before the first email I ever sent her. So boy, I was in trouble really quick. So I had to explain, I meant everything that was said, but I did not say that. I did not say that like that, but I meant it. So that was fine. And then I spoke with my mom who basically had the same reaction, but we all had little things like that. Those little aha wow moments. How many of those were turned into something that we could use every day? I don't know. You tell me. Students went back to school with a new superpower to be able to turn in term papers in, in, in an hour. And everyone had to now start trying to figure out what are they going to do with this? Are they, are they going to put in policies? Are they going to use some of these tools? I mean, even the government jumped in. So the problem with all of that is the horse was out of the barn, right? So. You can't go get that horse back in the barn. It's going. The question is not how are you going to contain it, but how are you going to give it some reins? How are you going to guide what's happening? And this is something you should think about within your business. You can provide the guidelines and policies of if you are going to use AI in our workplace, this is the way in which we should approach it and think about it. You can't make definitive guidelines because they change each and every day. So that happened. Everyone starts playing with it. There's numerous different options. Google comes in. Microsoft comes in. Honestly, those guys were kind of caught like, uh oh, wait, we're doing this now. I think everyone was, I don't think I know everyone was working on what they call large language models, but. No one felt ready yet to release them or better yet fully had an understanding of what they could do and the ramifications that might occur because of them. So they were kind of taken back and kind of looked at open AI, like, what, what are you doing? Hey, we're not ready yet. Are we? So there were a couple little stutters there. Google launched some stuff that was garbage. Microsoft promised some stuff that has and hasn't come through. And that happened, but, but here's the big, bigger thought here and what we've experienced this year here at Mogler and at Red Button AI is that all these tools are great. 
they're amazing that the abilities to do these things at different levels are awesome. But we first need to start with an understanding. We first need to start with an education as to what this is, because when GPT launched, it didn't officially launch. It just happened. It didn't come with a manual. It didn't come with an understanding. So people have been trying on their own. Honestly, if you really look at it, it is its own manual. If you are not doing that now, if you are not talking or typing to AI and saying, how can I use you? Literally, you can say this. How can I use you to create a better proposal? How can I use you to help research a certain thing? How can I have you look at my business or my practices and pinpoint opportunities for advancement? You use ChatGBT or Bobbler or whatever flavor you're using as your instruction and as your instructor. But that's what's needed is this big learning and education. At Bogler, we have created three, well, we've got three elements within our, our stack. And one is this AI literacy, which is workshops, it's blog posts, it's newsletters, it's online virtual training. It's how and what AI is, what generative AI is, how to capitalize and use it to your benefit in your day, in your life, right? That's a major component that the next piece is trying to understand what are the tools in which you are going to use or which are the best ones. We've got some definite opinions there. Ours are pretty wide in that they're all really good. And that's the reason we build Bogler because Bogler connects to all the really good ones and gets you the results that you need without you having to worry about which one you want to connect to without making that tremendous commitment to any of those other parties to do so. But you got to figure out what is your need and then how are you going to use that? And then what tools are you going to do to accomplish your goals? That happened. The government kind of got caught just like Google and everyone else with, okay, what do we need to do? And if you think about that, you can say, hey, I need to create some regulations here, some standards. But I don't think it's going to happen on a national level because you can say, this is what you have to do and, and this is how it has to work. This is just like the internet. Here's, here's the standards for the internet in the U S. There's no standards for the internet in the U S, right? I mean, there, there's some, but if you make something that corners someone so that they can't do what they need to do, they just simply move to another country and do it. But the internet and AI is global. So. We need to have more of a global look at this. I think that's the way it will shake out ultimately, but we'll have to wait and see how we go through a couple iterations of where that goes. You got to make standards for all of AI, just like you'd make for all of the internet, not just the internet that happens in the U.S. So the government jumps in. They haven't given us standards yet. They've said, hey, here's a pre-paper to the big paper and the big guidelines will do. I think they're just kind of walking it out there a little bit to see everyone's reaction. And so, it, you know, it seemed to be a pretty even and, and, and honest guidelines and steps going forward. We'll see what happens there. Education is kind of 
fun and scary because that's where our kids and that's where our society learns and grows currently, but maybe that changes. I'll get to that in a second. But I mean, it has been completely polar as to how people are dealing with that. They're either addressing it and looking at some amazing ways to implement it to the benefit of everybody, or they're head in the sand. No, can't do that. You cannot do that. You can't use it nowhere. It's banned everywhere. So that was the knee jerk that happened up front. And everyone has, has done that. Now, some have walked it back a little bit. We did two case studies or, or pilots with two different uh, school systems in which they actually adopted the AI and, and shared it. One in particular was with a advanced with the English department in a school district. So they used it with their seniors when they were needing to write their thesis and do all of their writing and all of that stuff. They shared Bogler and they said, this is generative AI. So, you know, everyone's thought from the outside and what you hear in the news is every student everywhere is using this and they're just taking over and, and they're just running amok at the schools. That the thing that we saw and we heard that I could not believe till I actually saw it is the apathy now of students is so, oh, whatever. I mean, I have a 13-year-old or getting ready to be 13, and I see a little bit of that, but I've never seen complacency like we saw at the high school level of, yeah, okay, whatever, I guess that's cool. Maybe that'll have impact for me in the future. Huh. Maybe I should use that now. So, you know, you can make all these guidelines, but if the kids don't care and don't engage, I don't know, that's a whole separate different problem. But what they did with the English department which was cool is they said, okay, here's your tool. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get in small groups. Now this is very akin to what's going to happen in the real world with Meiliu because everyone's got to work with groups and teams. And we're going to use this tool to first ideate and come up with 50 different topics that you might write your, your thesis on, right? Okay, good. You're going to narrow that down and then you're going to present that to your team. Great. And then you're going to go through and explain to the AI that you want to write this thesis and these are all the elements and points you want to make throughout that and you're going to let it run a, a first draft for you, all right? No, you're not going to just turn it in then and you're done, thanks for coming. Of course not. But what you are going to do is take that and then look at it and read through it, see if it makes sense. So they introduce them to what we call hallucination. AI is going to give you an answer no matter what, right? And it might be right, it might be wrong. So go back and look what was written, see if it makes sense. Actually ask the AI to source where this information came from, and then go back and you look at it and, and source and, and biblio, if you will, where that came from. So this is, you know, a different type of learning. We're not learning where to dot an I or cross a T. We're actually learning the mechanics and, and the physics, if you will, of how you write and how you reference and how you, how you do your research to learn about a topic. So they go through multiple iterations and they learn how about voice and they learn about style and they learn about tone. And by the time these theses were done, that the professor didn't even really have to grade them. Of course, it's going to be perfect, right? But what he did grade them on was the process. 
What did they use to prompt? What did they use to cite? What did they use when they're explaining to their team? And I feel, and that's what the school had, had learned is that at the end of that, that was probably the most beneficial class they've had is learning a tool and a process and a mindset that they can use with whatever they're going to do. So that was kind of a rabbit hole there, but that, that, that was an interesting experiment that we did this year in 2023. You know, a recent poll came out from Salesforce that I think the numbers were, and I'll share that, that poll and that report, 1400 professionals were interviewed in 14 different countries. 70% of the corporations they work at have no policy, no guidance, anything as far as AI is concerned within the company. I think that's going to massively change for next year. I'm sorry. It was 60% have not had any explanation or direction as to what they're doing. And that means you can't use it or you can use it. Either of those, right? They just haven't said anything. And 70% have received zero education like we were talking about earlier, the AI literacy and education. So th that's all stuff that's got to change. People are wondering, man, what is this? Is this going to take my job? Is this, is, is this going to change the way we do everything? Am I going to understand it? What am I going to do? Everything's going to change. I, I, I'm unsure. I'm unclear. And while they're doing their normal jobs right now, they're constantly thinking about that. So give them an understanding. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How is that going to affect them? That, that's the goal. That's what's needed right now. So those were interesting stats. We have done a ton of road shows where we do our, our quick start AI in conjunction. We, we, we make it so it's a co-present with someone within inside the company, a senior executive or whoever it may be so that it comes from the company as well as the nerds as to what all this stuff is. But it really gives people an idea of where the company's at, just like that, right? Where the mindset's at, how we're going to talk about it, and how we're going to use it. We act as the bus driver. We drive the bus, and we give the several lines of information that they are able to share in sound so profound, so on point, so directed in, in what they're going to do. That, that has been fascinating and then to give people the actual tools and more importantly the knowledge and the confidence to use those tools that day so not a keynote about flying cars and lasers and robots but more of a keynote of hey have you tried this have you done this have you seen this you should look at it like this very specific to them and their job giving them that confidence so that they can start dabbling and playing. That's what we got to do with this stuff to see how it can affect them. So we've seen a little shift to that. Some companies are moving around and, and starting to address this and do this. They need to. There was uh, one uh, funny quote. It's funny, it's scary, and it's true. They said, in three years, there's going to be companies that have been using AI and evolved their game. And they're going to be companies that are out of business because they did. And if you think about that, I, th I think that's true. I think as a company, as a whole, you have to really look at this and see how are you going to implement some of this stuff to be more effective, productive, efficient, creative, organized, strategic.
because you might not be doing it, but your competitive set will be. It's just endless where this touches and how it affects things. So that is kind of what, what's happened in, in 2023. We've seen some adoption. We've seen people using it. I think we're going to look back and find out that a lot of people have been using it. They just haven't told anyone they are, especially within a corporate environment, because if you do, all of a sudden corporate has an opinion, which they haven't stated yet, and they might take away your magic. They might say, you can't use that. So it's easier for me just to go do whatever I'm supposed to do, create whatever I'm supposed to do, respond like I'm supposed to do, sit on it and wait for the natural time that it normally would take and then send it. Then opposed to say, hey, check out, look what I'm doing. I think we're going to see that that has happened a lot. And it's funny when we deep dive at some of these workshops and say, who's using AI? Great. And who's using it at work? No one raises their hand. And then a little bit later, we'll ask again. And we start asking like, what are some cool tips or tricks or, you know, upskills that people have been doing still stays a little bit quiet. And then the third time we ask, you then start seeing all kinds of people that have been completely quiet the whole time now jump in. Well, I do this and this and this and this. So we know people are using it. The question is, are you going to join them with that and be a partner with that? Let's see. I did uh, post a really fun, just kind of end of year review. You guys need to check that out at our Think Labs Substack. So it's thinklabs.substack.com. That is a really fun portal, if you will, that all the podcasts go, all the fun articles, all the newsletters, all sorts of different information that'll keep you in, informed and keep you knowledgeable about what's happening for professionals. That's thinklabs.substack.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. When you look there, another fun thing there that I've been having fun with is every image there is created with AI. So I simply now, and it's getting really freaky how good it's getting. I simply give the AI a prompt of, I need a, well, here's my prompt. I, I need a middle-aged gentleman, nerdy with big black framed glasses and a black and gray beard. And then I throw in there a fun curly mustache and then fill in what that person's supposed to be doing. And it's hilarious to see all of the different images that come from that. So do check that out. That is, that is what's happening for 2023. Let me just check here. So yeah, we had our text-based AI, which is your chat GBTs, your bards, your, your bings, your, your cohairs, your clods, all that kind of stuff. But imagery has absolutely rocket ship. So one of the big ones is Dolly. That's D-A-L-L dash E. And that's an open AI product. And Dolly one was fun. It was a wow because you type in some text and an image pops up. Now, if you compare that, if, if you think that speed is fast, what, what chat GPT did in four or five months going a hundred X visuals or imagery or computer vision is, is doing 10 times that. So they're out on Dolly three. And I think they're about to launch Dolly four. But holy cow, we've got some fun articles about that. 
it goes from, wow, that was magic. I just talked and an image popped up to, holy cow, here is a, an image that is so good. It could be on the front of a National Geographic magazine. So do check that out. And I guess the whole summation of 2023 that's in that article and in, in here is that what exciting times things have changed really, really quickly. We shouldn't fear it. We should test it. We should try it. We should then make our opinions of that and then put your seatbelts on because 2024, what's going to happen? I mean, look how fast and how much we've done in one year. What's going to happen in the next year? So I think that that is a segue into here's some thoughts for next year or perhaps what should your plan be for 2024? Let's just assume we've just been reading the headlines and we've been dabbling a little bit and we've been putting off for a little while. We need to think about using some of this stuff, but how are we going to do that? Let's, let's take that approach real quick. And then now let me help you out and give you a couple steps here so that you can put all those thoughts into action and start doing something for 2024. So step number one is, as I said prior, is your AI literacy. It is your learning. It's your education. It is your understanding. And understand this. It's not a oh, I read this article or I took this course or did this, I'm all set, let's go. This is a continual process. You have to stay tuned. This stuff is changing so quick. You can, and I, and I say this to people who are putting their boards together and creating policies, is that you can't like look at a current situation at a current moment in time and then go, you know, as a board's concern, go do 50 different Zoom meetings about how we're going to do this or this, and then come back three months later and go, this is, this is what we're going to do. You're so irrelevant at that point. Everything has moved so quickly. So this is a continuous learning. So you need to follow your experts. You need to follow news feeds. You need to look at Twitter feeds or whatever they call it now, or whatever it may be, or just choose some people on LinkedIn or, or YouTube and just pay attention to what's going on. You cannot keep up with the AI. You're not going to be able to do that, but you need to be aware of what's going on and see if anything pops up that might be worth playing with to see if it could affect you. Right? So that's your first part, AI literacy. Number one. Number two is you need to start a community or a committee or a board or whatever you want to call it. And you want this to be, this goes back to our thinker society as diverse and divergent as possible. So this doesn't need to be all the executives of our executive board. I mean, you talk about being siloed about what our thoughts and opinions or uses are. That's, you know, eight people that see each other all the time, making massive policies for the company overall. That's great. You need that, but not for AI. You need one or two representatives from that committee, but you need to pull a really diverse group, right? So you need to pull someone from every department. You need to pull champions that are excited and want to try and play with all this, but you also need to pull in the pessimists, right? You need to pull in the people that are just, oh, this will never work. I hate this. This, our whole company is going to become a one big robot. You need them in there too. 
that has two purposes. One, to give this perspective so that you can understand as you develop your policy and your platform and what you're going to do, how that's going to be received. But two, you're subtly doing some conversion here and getting people more on board. So get a good committee together, set up a standard of, hey, we're going to meet once a week or once a month, whatever it is that you want to do. We're going to, we're going to review what's happening. We're going to look at potential opportunities. We're going to review the things that we're doing. And, and, and that's what your board or committee should be. Check out doing that. You need to create some policies or guidelines, not rules. I did not say rules because you can't say you can't do this or this or that. I mean, you can, but you're going to fail tremendously. You need to just set up some guidelines. And this is just like the general, as a company, as a coworker, what we're going to do and how we're going to approach these constantly changing times is always the same. We want to trial and, and experiment and do things with safe information. We don't want to use private privilege things. So you need to build those guidelines along those lines of, hey, please go check out and try and do these things. We'd love to learn about it. You need to create an open channel to that AI committee so that everyone can be a part of the process. When you have inclusion like that, you go so far because now everyone has a say and everyone can include their thoughts and perhaps the direction that the company's going. No one knows exactly where it's going, but to be a part of that process is exciting for everybody. That committee then needs to do assessments, right? So they need to, they need to get with other departments in the company or on the team to understand where is and how will AI impact different work things that we do, different departments, different people. You need to look at that. You need to look at what that gap is going to be. Well, if I can now take proposals and instead of spending three weeks on them, do them in two days and be more effective, more creative, more brilliant, more on target, more precise, which each one of those, then what will I spend the rest of my time doing? So we're not going to replace people. We're just saying now we're going to empower people with AI so that they, the AI can take care of all the basic things, but they're still, the AI is still going to be led by humans. So we're not losing our job, but what else can now the human do to elevate their game even more? So what, what, what are the current conditions? What are we going to do? Where are we going to try and employ AI? What gaps will that do? How are we going to upskill or retrain people? What are perhaps new products that we're going to look at? That's, that's another thing in your assessment. Looking at our current product, I'm a law firm. Okay. I bill by the hour. So. If all of a sudden I can do all my research for your case in 20 minutes, as opposed to having 10 clerks at $9 billion an hour, which is how I make my money, hello, spend two weeks doing that, and my client knows that, then 
how am I charging for my services, for my expertise, for my knowledge? So our products are going to a change. Not only is our workflow and our people, but our products are. Well, put it this way, they need to because someone else is going to come along applying AI to their product. And instead of charging by the hour, they're going to charge by the case, let's say, as far as legal's concerned. And then all of a sudden, what's your response? Well, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, this is the way we always do it. This is the way we always do it. This is the way we always do it, said Blockbuster. Think about that. We have on our photo side of the house, what happens when images maybe aren't even taken by our, our photographers, by someone else? How do we join that game? That's pro AI photos. We use AI to take those images, enhance them, and then immediately share them and, and organize them and do all these other fun products. But we had to look at that because someone else is going to come in and go, yeah, I know that's the way everyone else has done this forever, but here's a better way to do that. What do you think? So you, in your assessment, again, let me just get going back here. We need to keep learning. We need to get a committee. We need to form our policies and guidelines, and we need to assess where we're at. We need to assess with our departments, within our company, with our teams, with our products, and with our industry, and we need to put that out. The next step is our implementation plan. So based on everything we know, we, we now have an understanding of AI. We have an understanding of the potential tools. We've got our people lined up so they know what's going on. And we've established a where and how those are the things that we're going to do. How do we implement that? Right? So let's choose some pilot teams and some pilot projects. Let's create some KPIs, some milestones. And guys, this isn't three year plans. This is plan in the moment. So it's a 90 day plan and we're going to meet once a month and we're going to try and implement in the next 90 days, three different pilot projects. And we're going to try and knock those out within, you know, each month and do all that stuff. What happens? First of all, you just started. That's the hardest part, right? The next thing that happens is you now have like engaged people on your team, in your company with this crazy magical AI, but it's had dramatic impact. You've got proof. You've got a study to share, right? So now. Others are like, wow, this is, boy, our company, but they have adopted this. You know, I don't feel like my job's going away. They didn't lose their job. And look at, look at what they're doing. It's amazing. So you're going to build so much credit within your company, within your team, by doing these simple little pilot projects, putting at the beginning, here's what we want to do. We want to take a normal three-week process to create a proposal. And we want it, we just make it easy, set the bar low. We want to have it now done instead of three weeks or one week. We want a 66% reduction. See how fast I did my math there in, in time and, and, and energy and cost and everything to do that. That is a completely achievable. I mean, you'll smoke that goal, but that, that would be fun to say and do, right? And that would be fun to track. And after a month, after two months to be able to go back to the company and go, Hey, look, 
I mean, how, how great will you look doing that? We set up a goal. We wanted to apply it with this pilot group. We've put together our processes and that's another story of how to do that. But then we did that and, and here's what we achieved. I mean, that's a gold star on the wall. So that's your implementation plan. So again, continuous learning, start an AI committee, policies and guidelines, assessments. There's your plan. The next piece is encourage experimentation. Encourage others to try. This starts by leading with example. So as a senior leader, you need to share that. And when you're asked, what are you doing for AI? You need to have an answer. I spoke with a CEO of a really big company the other day and said, so what's the plan? And he gave me the plan. So whether that's ever going to happen, whether they're actually going to implement that and do that, boy, that sounded really strong. Remember, 70% have method in place or doing all that stuff. So for him to say, yeah, this is what we're doing, this and this and this, I think he understood it. I think they do, and I think they will. But even if he didn't, outwardly facing, not only to the community, but within the company, he's a baller, right? People are like, man, we have a plan. I feel like we're in good hands. I don't understand all this stuff yet, but I think, I think we're going to be okay. So you need to lead by example. You need to talk openly about it, not kind of duck, duck and cover whenever you're asked. You need to share these wins. So that whole thing of taking your, your pilot groups and, and doing all this. So when you're doing your, your monthly standups or your town hall meetings, just wanted to let everyone know we are using AI in our pilot group and our advisory board and our guidelines. We've done all this. Here's a great example of how it worked, right? Hey, if any of you have found or seen something that you think could be beneficial, we'd love to hear it. Please share it with anyone on our committee, on our board. They'd love to hear that. So we're not saying no to AI. We're saying, yes, show me how and where we can use that. That is kind of flipping it a little bit, especially again, as these companies and corporations are figuring out who owns AI. I don't think any department does. I think the board does, right? I think the board, the AI board owns it and they set the policy that, that is in connection with IT, with legal, with operations, with human resources, with, with education and with, with, with everybody, right? And so if you're able to go into that board in a non-threatening way, Hey guys, I just wanted to share this. Yes, don't worry. I've been following our guidelines. I didn't use proprietary, whatever, but I did this. It was really cool. It could really change the way we do things. Do you guys want to take a flyer and check it out? How cool is that? Along those same lines, create a prompt library. So instead of each person have to reinventing the wheel and trying to figure out how do I prompt right to make a proposal? How do I prompt right to do a presentation? What is the style? What is the tone? What is the voice? Now you can see I'm kind of setting ourselves up here because that's what Bogler does, but you need to do this too. Whether you do it with a cool tool like Bogler or on your own, establish those guidelines. The board should do that. When responding to an email, use this prompt for your first draft, right? It's never copy, paste, send. It's copy, paste, review, tweak, and then send. But use this prompt. 
If you can come up with a more succinct prop for better results, let us know. We'd love to incorporate that. So have a list of props. How do you analyze a bunch of surveys from an event or a product launch or an activation? Here's a prompt to do that. So a prompt library is, is a big, big thing to consider in your encouragement of experimentation. Again, your steps for 2024 and right now is continuous learning. How do we keep learning and staying in tune, building our confidence and knowledge? One, two, start an AI committee or a board to start doing, looking at this and make that as diverse as possible. Policies and guidelines. What are you going to do to encourage uh, and nurture adoption and implementation? And then you have to do your assessment to understand where are the opportunities, not only with your people, but with your products and within the industry. You need to make your plans and put some milestones and make some really simple ones that you can do there to really have some big impact, to share some great stories. And you need to encourage that, that that's it. If you start working on that, you're going to see dramatic difference, not only in your productivity, but in your sanity of your people who are trying to figure all of that stuff out. So I heard something the other day and I'll, and I'll close with this and that you know, when the internet started, we've had the Googles of the world and they helped us with the what, where, when, and there was another one, but what, where, and when you could find out anything about anything real quick with a Google search. What AI is doing is going much deeper into more of the knowledge about it. So it gives us the how and it gives us the why. And it gives us contextually as opposed to here's a bunch of advertisements. So never in the middle of a response from AI are you going to get an ad for come on down to Five Guys Burgers, right? There's no opportunity for that. It's That's not knowledge. That's garbage, right? That That is advertising. Advertising currently and shouldn't happen within AI. So we're moving from the what, when, where to the how and the why. That is where AI has taken us. So I thought it might be fun to just demonstrate how we're, I mean, Robbie's always saying this, we got to show people how we use it. So I want to do this with you right now. And this is where people cringe when I do things live, but I, I'm not scared. So I'm going to use some current AI that we're testing and about to implement into Boggler for you guys to use as well. But let's say I need help creating an elevator pitch for our assist. So let's do that. <clears throat> so I've got, I've got my AI here. I'm about to, to fire up if you're watching on, on, on my phone. You can do this too right now. And that is speak to the AI simply if you're doing it on your phone by hitting the microphone, right? So instead of typing, you can talk. The fun thing with this AI is it's, first of all, it's phenomenally knowledgeable, crazy knowledgeable. And, but it is, it's, it's conversational. So not only does it speak back, it also speaks back in a tone like a conversation, not just a search result. So yeah. let's do that. Let me take a quick sip of water.
okay, you are a marketing expert. I need to create an elevator pitch for a new product called Assist by Bogler. It is an intelligent assistant that is there to help you capture and be a part of every moment. We're so busy with so many interactions and conversations and meetings, it's hard to be present. It's hard to understand and listen to everything happening. And even more importantly, to follow up and, and act on what did happen in those meetings. This is an app. This is AI to do a high fidelity recording of what's said. And more importantly, how it's said and how it is received. It does a transcription. It then runs it through the Bogler AI ecosystem for summary, creates an amazing executive summary. It also creates detailed notes using the Cornell method of note-taking. It creates action items. So next steps, people involved, timelines, benchmarks. It also creates a open thoughts and ideas. And it creates a recap email so that all participants can have a recap of what just happened. It all does this in, in real time, by the way. And finally, it does what we call a Bogler assist rating, where it uses social, psychological, conversational, or communication sciences to look at every bit of the interaction to understand how productive, effective what sort of sentimental and emotional connection is made with every interaction. All of that's done in moments and, and analyzed so you can elevate every interaction and be present in every moment. Please create an elevator pitch about one minute long that will answer and support that product. Here you go. Meet Assist by Boglow, the intelligent AI assistant that's changing the way you engage in meetings and conversations. It captures every moment, analyzes it, and creates a comprehensive summary with actionable insight. So you can focus on the present and make the most of every interaction. Assist is like your secret weapon to stay on top of every detail, so you never miss a beat. It's like having a personal assistant that not only takes notes, but also helps you be more productive, more organized, and more engaged in every interaction. With this advanced AI technology, Assist also measures the productivity, sentiment, and emotional connection of each interaction, giving you valuable insights into how effective your interactions are. So if you're looking to elevate your meetings and conversations, give Assist by Bogler a try. It's the intelligent assistant that's here to help you achieve your goals one moment at a time. As the great Ollie G once said, Seriously, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that crazy? And that is not a copy, paste, and send it out. That is the beginning of taking that elevator pitch and, and implementing that. What I would really do at this point is go back and I would ask it, go look at what you just shared. Is that an effective elevator pitch? Does it copy and mimic the most successful elevator pitches that have ever been made? Now, based on your reaction there, 
tweak that elevator pitch you just made for me using some of those elements. And it would spit it out. And in, and in three minutes, I would have the most amazing elevator pitch that normally you would send off to a marketing firm and they would spend a month and charge you $10,000 to do. That is a simple explanation and demonstration of how AI can change what you're doing each and every day for the better. I mean, that was kind of funny. Robbie and I were looking at some videos that we did last year, pre-AI, because I think we are going to have those. This is what it used to be like, and this is after AI time. So pre-AI, the amount of brain damage that went into creating a script and recording the, the, the video and making sure it's on point or hoping that it was anyway, it, it, it's just, it's dinosaur age now compared to that. That's the episode for today. Thank you for hanging in there and being with just little old me. I hope it worked okay without Robbie keeping me inside the lines. We'll be back next week and next year. You get to say that. Everyone loves to say that. My grandfather used to always do that. I won't see you until next year, but we won't see you until next year. I think Robbie will be back. If not, it'll be me. We are doing a really fun, impactful quick start and AI implementation on Tuesday in Arizona for a bunch of people who get to use assist for the first time in mass. So everyone's excited to see that happen next week. We'll have a response of how it went. So we'll see you then be safe, be happy and have fun. Thanks for tuning into the AI show from think labs. Don't miss out on next week's episode where we'll continue to Fisher Price the latest in AI that will make impact for you and your organization. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an update and visit redbutton.ai to learn more about innovation for professionals and organizations. By the way, I'm Bogler, Sam and Robbie's professional assistant that takes care of all their busy work. Ever think about all that repetitive, mind-numbing, time-sucking busy work I could knock out for you? That's it for now. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, make it an awesome week.